killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Hey scaredy cats, welcome back to another episode of The Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre Hey Today oh. Oh boy, <laughs> we're gonna go watch Midsummer. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when the girls stop by for Midsummer. Dave, for Midsummer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one wish. But she's been gone since Midsummer. Since Midsummer. Ariaster's not so long awaited follow up. To no. hereditary no he uh that got pumped out pretty quick and i mean leprechauns get pumped out quick those things you know you can churn out uh within 12 months no problem someone will watch them someone like us oh i thought you meant when one leprechaun bites another that too person that too double meaning right yeah what i'm trying to say is that you're not going to get like the most amazing revered quality films but i think ari Aster's may have done he may have done something close to that with this like i mean it's been a year since hereditary yeah. came out like i think 13 months or just a little under 13 months and he's yeah. got a follow-up out in theaters yeah that's you want, incredible you wonder if it's just like the workaholic syndrome or if it's like you know he's got a real focus and there isn't a lot of other things going on he's not doesn't have his hand in a lot of pots you know yeah you so, wonder if it's something something just really focused about him yeah for my for my understanding like and i first heard about this movie um one month before hereditary came out when we had the screening at tiff and ari aster was there mm-hmm. and in the q a he said i'm actually going off to shoot my second follow-up film next summer and it's going to be like a culty outdoorsy ritualistic kind of film so that yep. was the first kind of taste we got um okay. hearing him say that he has also mentioned that you know f- since he graduated from afi he's been putting out shorts like these really high quality good short films like about one a year for about seven years but in that time he was just writing features and he says that he also has like about eight other films ready to go. Like he's done most of the work. He he grinded just... it out when he wasn't getting the opportunity to direct features. And now he just has a pile. Same with Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele says he has four or five movies ready to go as well. Hmm. That he's written like social thrillers. Very interesting. Because then we will be able to compare like, you know, uh, Get Out and Us to then hereditary Everything else. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. summer. Like... Especially, yeah, because Jordan Peele, it feels like it was fast as well, but uh ari aster did it in it's double the time yeah it was two years right it was two yeah. years for jordan peele one year for ari aster which is the appropriate amount of time i think to two wrap on one good. project and then get into meet people yeah. get another project off the ground yeah sure, that sounds right one year seems a little insane and he even like um posted from instagram um about a month ago saying something like who's got two thumbs and hasn't slept in three weeks because they haven't finished editing midsummer yet and it's just <laughs> he's like the editor i'm just looking totally haggled <laughs> yeah. the editor i'm on a beach in cabo yeah i only have one thumb after yeah um but still very exciting exciting premise oh, yeah hell yeah and and um early on and you've been very hyped about this one or at least that's where the hype for me came in is how excited you were for midsummer yeah. um I've muted the words on Twitter. Yeah, that's that's kind of where it started. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've done that for uh, another horror movie yet. There's new, and again, there's just experimenting with ways to remain as uninformed about a movie I'm excited for. Yeah, as I possibly and, can. And how well did you do? You think? Um, I think pretty well. Again, like I saw more images than I wanted to. Okay. There yeah. are, and same with Hereditary. 
they showed the her- the hereditary image of her looking at him on fire was like at the top of every article about hereditary so i did see that image yeah and it ruined it for me because then in the movie i'm like okay one of them's going to catch on fire it's not going to be her like it did and yeah. that's a very small a very small complaint to make because that's just one piece of it but it I is a little know. annoying if your brain already knows something's going to catch on fire you're making that connection pretty frequently with that fireplace and the little hint you get earlier with the book like exactly no, that's that's a just like with the teeth in uh, the halloween trailer mm-hmm. like just knowing that 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 teeth are yeah. happening it, it, it ruins a small part of it like yeah. not the whole but i would like as little ruined as possible exactly what i think you're getting at yeah yeah um but how about you how much have you so i've seen just some images that i'm upset that i saw like yeah the image that they've shown of kind of a disfigured woman lying on her side yes that image yeah, i know what you're talking about um some somewhat ritualistic images uh that are vague i don't want to like say them out loud in case maybe you haven't seen them <laughs> fair but just okay. a few a few things which is fine because i didn't i have not seen a trailer and this movie is two hours and 20 minutes long mm-hmm. so i think there's going to be a lot of goodies regardless of what was spoiled for us okay um so how about you have you watched a trailer have you read a lot about it uh no, i read i read this and that for a while a little bit earlier in production but mm-hmm. not recently and no i don't think no trailers I don't think I watched a trailer. No, I can't think of that is awesome. from it. And it's it's hard not to get our like outside of all the internet stuff right. muted and all the, the hype cloud out there. It's hard not ourselves to get too excited about yeah. this one, considering how good Hereditary was. Exactly, and it's that's the thing I want to search all the time. But um, the one thing, if there's anything, uh, tread carefully here. Mm-hmm. Um, how to how to say what I might know. Uh, about like how um, um, Ari Aster came to uh work on this script specifically mm-hmm. i don't know if you've read anything about that no maybe about we'll... what it was supposed to be and then what he okay yeah maybe let's talk about that after the uh, yeah i won't t- okay. i won't say it but just if that was ringing any bells as no, i said it. no no so, i don't think i've read about that i i kind of know uh, I, in fact yeah kind of what the movie was supposed to be when he signed on mm. and then how he made it him he wrote the script didn't he uh okay maybe we'll talk about it after great okay okay yeah so i mean i do know the main plot from this just one line which can i read that the description absolutely i've read okay okay a couple travels to sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult so yeah i mean that sounds great what's what's really exciting and stands out from everything i know about this movie so far is the fact that um the cult's the cult aspect of it is completely explicit and not an implicit or third act reveal because we've had a lot of cult movies yeah but none of the cult movies that have come out movies like the ritual house of the devil the invitation Mm -hmm. kill list movies like that are about cults but you don't know it before you watch the movie like it kind of the movie presents itself to you and then in the end oh my god it's a cult or oh my god there is a cult behind this whereas this one makes cults kind of the, the center of all the images of yeah. all that all the information that they're putting out there yeah before you, know you enter from the get-go we're going into cult land yeah just so you know that's what this is exactly it's so, like this is an exorcism movie you know what you're walking into this is a cult movie yeah that's kind of cool that's i think that's the one really cool part about it and then the other that um everyone is talking about around it is that most of the horror takes place in broad daylight yes yeah that's the right? big thing about it yeah that's um that and, might be where it gets like the most play in in terms of being discussed by like more casual fans. Exactly. It's like yeah. this is the gimmick of this movie. That's like the clickbaity thing to, you know, title yeah. all your articles about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, that it's let's see. 
I don't have too much to say about that. I want to see what happens. Well, I was wondering what other horror movies can you think of that take place in daylight? Like entirely like, in the daylight? Or mostly like, in daylight. Because I remember we spoke we highly about that with The Ruins. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Wicker Man is the other obvious one, which I think bears more than a few similarities to this film. Okay, yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't make that connection either. Um, no, off the top of my head... I don't have a filter set up in my internal no, I search engine. I had, to, for I had to rack my brain. The other one I thought was, I remembered um, a lot of Hills Have Eyes scenes of the remake. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the scary moments happen during day. Sweaty, hazy sun, like beating down desert stuff. Yeah. We got we to gotta rewatch that in, in time for Crawl, Alex Aja's new, Ooh, new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm excited for. Yeah, there's there's so many. There's just so many movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a damn good thing we're back to recording. Oh, isn't it? Okay, so the actors in this one, we got Florence Pugh, who is going to be huge because she's in the new Little Woman coming out and the new Black Widow that's coming out. She's already a megastar. Exactly. Will Poulter is in it. He was Eustace from the Narnia films. Did you ever watch those back in the day? Yep. Yeah? You went to youth group. You watched Narnia movies. Yeah, I watched Narnia. I just love the books too. So I just watched them. Yeah. Oh, same here, man. Hoping to be excited. Same here. Um, But Will Poulter, what I remember him most in terms of recent horror news was when they were making it or when they were developing it still, he had an audition that apparently just knocked the socks off of all the producers of it for Pennywise. And all the hype was, uh, Will Poulter's got it. He had the most insane version of Pennywise that we didn't expect and never saw coming. Uh We're going to cast him. He's going to be incredible. And then for some reason he dropped out, got replaced. Something didn't go right. But I just remember this hype cloud around his audition for Pennywise, which is interesting. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, Pennywise is like fear incarnate. So when somebody like does something Nails like, it. whoa, yeah, like that's, yeah. So, I mean, I, on the one hand, I really want to see that audition tape. Yeah. To be, what, what were they talking about? And secondly, it's, it's too bad that he didn't end up, end up getting to do that for Pennywise, but I'm glad that he's still got another huge horror hit yeah. or what I assume will be a horror hit. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> what we totally assume with like no lack of confidence yeah be a pretty big hit I, I think we need to do uh, a, a new segment um where we do like a little a little kind of meditation where we just kind of de dehype ourselves a little bit what de-hyping so, a we de-hyping. could do it for you for you scaredy cats too we could help you out yeah let's all do this let's just take a few breaths and just oh, who gives a shit it doesn't matter if this movie is good or bad if it's good it's good i'm going in with open eyes I'm actually going to be pretty devastated if it's not amazing. I'm not listening to you, Dave. It doesn't matter how good or bad this movie is. Oh, man, I'm going to toss the trailer on. We, <laughs> we need better mantras, but I think I think, I think think that's a good thing for us to do is just take seven seconds and really focus on... And, yeah, seven seconds of de-hype. Yeah. We'll, we'll make that a, a segment. That'll make everything all right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all I really had to say about background because I didn't want to look up much more about this thing. Yeah. No, I, I kind of just want to, mm-hmm. and, and I have done this faithfully. I don't normally do that, but yes, I have not ruined it for myself. Same with like, I know. Yeah. Usually you're, you're more recently. of an, I don't give a fuck attitude about this stuff. So well, because this is saying something about how excited you are for this film as well. Hereditary was so good. Exactly. So, I mean, it's like, it's just the full hype cloud. Like, we had a masterpiece like, and this is his next, it's the only yeah. thing he's done. And yeah. now we get to watch another one by him. I admit I am floating on the hype cloud, yeah. like, but I'm not, I feel like I'm in good hands. So We'll see what happens. And honestly, 
I think just I keeping myself at a distance uh, and not looking into anything about it, you know, not kind of trying to get a sideways glance of what people think about it, you know? Yeah. Not doing any of that is kind of made me like, I don't, the stakes are low at this point. So if that's great, you know? Yeah. And the, it'll I at mean, least be good performances and be interesting. Right. There's no way it won't. And there, there have been some early screenings before. I mean, we're seeing this about a week, uh, a week and a half before it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Ari Aster is going to be there tonight and well, some of the actors too, but there have been screenings. Chris Daves, uh, Access. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there have been, um, screenings in Los Angeles, um, four or five days ago. So I've, okay. um, some people I follow on letterboxd, letterboxd.com slash Chris Vandenberg. Um, Dave saw yes check him out don't check mine out so I've, I've that's been my little exposure to oh I know how some people feel about it right yeah that's big too it's something yeah it uh but luckily it wasn't I, anyways I don't want to get too specific I'm like do I disclose this information do we yeah. stay cool what's going on kind of yes I do feel a little bit like sort of like nervous like I'm going on a date or something I know this man one. but that's that's why we're so pumped about this yeah. and probably why we were so excited to bring the podcast back in time for this one because this is other than us like the most excited horror movie of this year so far for sure we didn't even discuss it kind of we yeah got the screeners and like we're doing it yep for sure like we got to make an up of it yeah no discussion yeah i I think it's like us this movie the lighthouse it chapter two dr sleep i think those are like the biggest ones this year and then a bunch of titles that'll come up at tiff and toronto after dark that we've never even heard of at this point 100 percent. yeah baby all right um i think we've said all we need to say let's go check this thing out huh yeah let's head down to the theater and watch midsummer all right man cheers cheers all right so that was midsummer 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 Midsomar is what uh, Ari, Aster? Ari yeah. was saying. Midsomar. Okay. I call him Ari. Yeah. yeah. We're on a first name basis. Yeah. No, they've been at multiple screenings. Because when I walked out of the theater to, like, I really had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, when I walked out of the theater, I went past them and said nothing. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, we're friends now. No high five. No eye contact? Um, with uh, Jack. Nice. The actor. That's yeah. close. Yeah, I looked at him. One, and he didn't look one, impressed. No? He's like, what, you want to fight? Well, I think I think the two of, the two of them were just like... I think they've been traveling around from oh, city to city. I think done. they've had a bunch of drinks and I don't think they're ready. They're burnt out. Ready to do any more of this. Um, I mean, I have never so quickly fallen in love with someone who struggled <laughs> so hard to say anything about. He the was movie. the same way at hereditary. Yeah. 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 He's just a very, um, uh, like he, he does a lot of pauses. He's somewhat inarticulate, yeah, but he, he does get to his points. He, yeah. He thinks he just kind of oh. thinks slowly. Yeah. 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 Which is so much more relatable. Yeah. It's yeah. charisma that throws me. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You see somebody real. That's a great question. You know what? When we were there, there was a lot of things going on in that vein. Here's what they are. Yeah. You're yeah. like, Ugh. yeah, that's not how you talk. You go like, I don't fucking remember. I'm tired. Uh, two, those two hours and 20 minutes felt like 40 minutes, 35 minutes. Like for me, at least, I don't know. There is a physical like representation of, of, you know, how quick that time went by just because, you know. Oh yes. You, so you had a couple <laughs> beers in the theater. I knowing my tiny ass bladder, Dude. I would not be able to make it if I drank I, anything, so that's why I abstained. I do not have an impressive bladder strength <laughs> or anything. I just decided. Yeah, that would that would have distracted me in a frustrating way. That's why I didn't bother. Nearing the end, I was like, I'm like, just don't look at your phone because right. if you see that it's 9:30 <laughs> and there's an hour left, you'll burst and die. I and I was additionally concerned by how quickly you drank those two beers. 
yeah. in the movie is like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean they're beers oh okay all right so we should talk this about movie, this movie okay. this movie man there's a lot to say the one thing most random place to start but they slipped something underneath the pillow of one character and it looked like it was scissors but was it just yeah. another was it scissors it was scissors okay and like a little kid's like a baby's like yeah. crib or something and the only other time we really saw scissors was in the imagery of uh yeah <laughs> you know the, what I'm little, the fairy yes. tale the little quote sort, unquote yeah we got a little sort of illustrated and i mean that that kind of image being placed that early in the film i thought it was going to foreshadow something much more horrifying yeah. and graphic right mm-hmm. like something antichrist level the way they were yeah. showing scissors near genitalia yeah i i was kind of they showed you well enough i'm like this panel's okay but i'm scared about the next one yeah as it was kind of like a comic book in yeah sort of the reverse direction and like it how was you might read in totally right yeah. to left in other languages perhaps like asia yeah some he- asian countries hebrew hebrew is maybe right to left? yeah anyways we're not linguists we're horror fans I'm a linguist. But yeah, it was it was that was a great sequence because you're just seeing, oh, that's a nice image, matches everything else. Oh wait, that's a weird shot. Oh wait, what the fuck is happening here? Like it just kind of it yeah. kept growing in intensity from right to left. Yeah. Um and Oh, there's so much to unpack. It's so clearly the same director as hereditary. Like it just in terms of like the symbols and yeah. the images that kind of keep recurring and the point way that something the way that the camera moves, the focal points and oh, scenes, God, yeah. what things are cut out of the framing, mm-hmm. things like that are what I'm like starting to recognize Ari Aster for. Man, the it, the opening in her house when it was going through and you're discovering the reveal of the parents and sister just Ooh. felt like hereditary like it was Ooh. very dark yeah the, and the way the camera it felt like through. antichrist like i was thinking that in the top oh, yeah. of it like yeah it was a slow very pretty mm-hmm. with the music behind it like the sort of classical music behind it reveal fucking that, dark man yes yeah, some super dark shit and i mean comparing like, this, why aren't the parents waking up to this alarm clock yeah. oh right there's a reason <laughs> she keeps calling them why won't they wake up <laughs> she would be so much so relieved if they would just answer the phone and the makeup on the sister who fucking dupped duct tape the hose to her own face yeah like i mean it reminded me it reminded me of how's the jack build like the taxidermied kids yeah (laughs) it like yeah it kind of looked like that but there's something just more traumatizing and shocking about just like all that duct tape just to keep the hose there to keep the hose there and she's like we learned that she's schizophrenic and so like Mm -hmm. she sent this bipolar did they say bipolar? bipolar yeah bipolar yeah can't, I can't fully remember. That sounds. That's where my mind goes. Oh, my brain thought I heard schizophrenic, but now I'm. But anyway, regardless, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah so um, with severe mental illness, she sends this ominous email. Mm-hmm. That kind of seems like, you know, I'm out of here. Parents yeah. are coming too. See ya. I know, and that could have meant anything for me at that point. Like, oh, did the cult take her sister, and yeah. now they're bringing her over there? Yeah, and or is it like it now a race against time? Yeah, like her sister sent her a message, and now she's got to do something about it. Like we didn't know what was going to happen. I know, and so much of the movie, I kept expecting them to bring it back to, oh, what's his face? I forget how to pronounce his name because it's something Swedish. The, the one in the group that brought them all there in the first place. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. that would loop back, and oh, he actually killed her family or something as a means to bring her there. That seems very hereditary. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what was in there. But I just, I was expecting something to tie that together, and I was fine with that, that we just kind of left that alone. Like, yes, that really happened. Yeah. She had a sister who did this horrible thing was in this horrible mental state yeah and i think that just helps us facilitate the you know sort of her panic attacks and yeah you know the things that would define her character later on oh my god that opening shot of just her on the phone calling her boyfriend who just got high and she's like just she's so upset with the fact that sister isn't emailing her back but she's trying to keep a cool calm of like i don't want to like overly upset him that like the levels of depth to that when we didn't even we don't have the story yeah. we just got to watch this 
crazy that's, relatable performance. That is one of the vehicles that makes this thing go by so fast that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like two hours and 20 minutes is because you're not even like at that moment, we weren't really watching anything that you might describe as like interesting in the subgenre, like story wise or just compelling drama. Exactly. Just like compelling watching her like, no, I have to, it's for the best that I don't show my true feelings, but I'm like devastated right now. And you could see it on her face, but we never saw his side of the call. Mm-hmm. So it just stayed on her in that one long reaction. It was great yeah. because, because fantastic. Yeah. Cause it was such an introduction to her and mm-hmm. I'm glad we didn't cut to him that we just got to kind of yeah, linger on 100%, her. Yeah. Cause that also then made his introduction so much more satisfying in a humorous way when we met his kind of friends and especially mm-hmm. the one douchebag um, played by Will Port- Poulter or whatever, who was yeah, Will hilarious. Poulter, yeah. Um, but yeah, to get then his whole side of the thing and like, oh, he's trying to break it off. And mm-hmm. it was just such a rich um, relationship to set up, even with like the peripheral friends to send us into this yeah. thing. Rich is right is because they weren't going for some sort of like, there is a massive like death problem between them, nor is it like redeemable. Yeah. You know, like it's sort of this is how they are mm-hmm. and they're going to deal with it. Yeah. So you get to watch the, these performances that are some of the most relatable things in terms of relationships taking place as because they have to in a horror movie. Yeah. It's like, why do those two people sleep in the same bed? Oh, they're married. That's all I need to yeah. know in most horror movies. And it, like not even like having been anywhere near a similar situation, just like just kind of the way that people treat one another just feels it felt so real. Genuine. Yeah. Familiar. Like the the way that the boyfriend or Christian was downplaying to his friends like, Oh yeah, she's coming, but um, she's not coming. Like I told her she would, but like, and it was your, your all of your ideas and just watching the friends kind of react to like that just all felt so real. Yeah. And they get him, they get his bullshit. They also get that like, all right, well, they got to roll with it about it. They got to roll with it. And they were on her case until the night that something mm -hmm. tremendously terrible happened. So potentially if her family hadn't died, they might've continued being like mean and, and, Drove, driven a wedge between the two of them and how beautiful was that cut of her running to the bathroom and then she's on the bathroom of the plane yeah oh like, that was great going down the hall the door shuts whatever and you're like wait a minute that's a weird bathroom they, oh she's they're on the flight now yeah he he did a few moments like that where just a little bit of time passes and sort of an imperceptible cut yeah yeah i mean that's really good that's the testament to just how amazing of a writer he is like to know yeah. what parts of this of the relationship arc and the drama arc of like, oh, she is coming along yeah. on this trip despite her boyfriend's friends not wanting her to be there whatsoever. Yeah. And maybe even him not wanting to be her there whatsoever. And for him to like just like that takes such good writing to be like, okay, this part I'm gonna show like right before them arguing and then just they're there. There's no scene of like, mm-hmm. fine, she can come. Like there was none of that. It was just yeah. they didn't there didn't need to be. Like it was enough that yeah. we knew that yeah, she they, was gonna come along. They established just in, in sort of almost relationship tropes. Yeah. That yeah, this is how it's gonna he's not he's not a confrontation guy. Yeah. And she isn't either she's not a confrontation person either, like very aggressively wants to avoid it to not tax her partner and and yeah. drive them away who was she on the phone with when she was t- expressing these it seemed things seemed like just a best a, friend a random friend yeah, yeah. but because yeah she was describing her insecurity of sorry is my hand freaking you out back there no <laughs> yeah is it, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting more emphatic and like slowly yeah. <laughs> dodging my hand I'm technically standing um she's on the phone with a friend and she's expressing that concern which is so good to know too that she's like that, yeah that that really helped she doesn't want to ruin things she's also like i don't want to open up too much to him because i think it's freaking him out which was also um a unique moment of her being very genuine and not mm-hmm. like not putting on a, a show to you know not drive someone away or yeah. to 
I know your friends don't like me that much, so I, I'm going to be... Mm-hmm. If I have a breakdown, I'm going to get away. I'm going to hide in the bathroom. She constantly doesn't yes. make her problem yes. someone else's it's problems. Okay. It's cool. It's cool. Which, yeah, again, feels constantly. so real. But then when she's on the phone with, with her friend, she get, like she opens up and yeah. we can tell her real feelings. Yeah. So that, that really helps you like sort of triangulate her personality. Totally. Totally. Was, and again, with, with the the humor like just thinking back to will poulter and his like how he's just so great at being this douchebag that we like yeah i like the humor like it is a humorous movie as I, we talked about in the q a which is interesting but i think the difference is the humor in the first third is equal to the humor that we were complaining about last week that permeates throughout the entirety of movies like halloween mm. where you have like you know michael Myers is like stabbing people and people are like pu- saying punchlines before he stabs them. That's yeah. he does that. Ari Aster does that in the first third, but all the humor in the rest of it is just dark humor. It's not humor because someone's saying like a uh, knock knock joke. Yeah. It, it's humor because it's just fucking insane to see someone in a bear like carved out in a bear. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he said that and, and um, Jack, we're laughing because of how dark it is, not yeah. because it's like a humorous punchline, something funny the actor who played christian was talking about when they showed it in new york how like half the audience like laughed at certain yeah. like super intense moments and half the the rest of the audience went like what the fuck are you laughing about exactly and, and that's a very different kind of humor you know yeah, what i mean and i am definitely in like the second i could have watched this movie like without the obvious jokes like mm. i wouldn't have laughed at any of the right. any of the imagery oh, because man. like i find it like i think there's something innately funny to us maybe north americans i don't know maybe just me and my upbringing about swedish people <laughs> and just like their language and like their enthusiasm and a bunch of like blonde people like okay. with the way that their language sort of like you know emotes mm-hmm. i think they're like the swedish chef is a muppet but he doesn't he's there's no gimmick to him other than he's swedish and he doesn't say any words he just goes and people laugh mm-hmm. and i kind of like translate that a tiny little bit because like people would laugh at things in this movie and i'm I was thinking to myself, like, the fuck are you laughing at? This is terrifying. Yeah, to me, the, the humor... In concept, not necessarily an image, but, like, yeah. the everyone's so, like, an, uh, it's all in the daylight, and everyone is so happy and into, like, all the ritual. Like, they're so faithful in, in what they're doing that, like, there's this sort of exuberance that goes throughout the film, and it's, un like, it, it makes you feel weird. To me, it's, I I, like, how I respond to that is... It's like a joyfulness that like I'm laughing okay. kind of out of joy. Like the fact that it's it's so horrific and so perfect that this film yeah. is going there to these places that I couldn't have imagined that it was going to go sure, to yeah, do these okay. things that I don't know how you ever came up with it. And just to fully display it on screen, that to me is hilarious. So people are laughing and, other, and other people are horrified, but it's because of the same reaction okay. to the material. It's just a different, I know you mean, yeah, it's a different so emotional response to something. I feel like it's just impossible for me to visualize when I'm like feeling the feelings of disturbance because like, yeah. I have no laugh that comes to me in like right. dark moments. Yeah. I laugh when things are funny, like right. a, like sort of textbook funny, not like it can be perceived as, or that's like my joy response. Maybe, maybe so, you're, maybe that's a healthier position. <laughs> maybe it's much healthier to like, Oh, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I like clearly half of us were. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it it's like a 50, 50 split. And, um, one of those moments that I noticed you laughed and I kind of like side eyed you <laughs> was, um, went with yeah, remind me. the cliff scene with the, Oh two old my people. God. Yes. And when the hammer comes into play, <laughs> okay, yeah, the so, guy was like, whoo, like he's like a little excited to bring the hammer out and you chuckled. It, it wasn't even, I wasn't even laughing when like he was kind of presenting the hammer. It was just the first shot of someone is approaching from the distance with a hammer and like, 
I just in that split second I knew exactly where it was gonna go, and it provo- it gave me such joy because I'm okay. the guy did not survive the land in. It's like, oh, that's interesting. What are they gonna do with him? Because that's instantly that's where your brain goes. Is yeah. oh, how they're gonna deal with the situation? Do they let him suffer or whatever? The second you see this like humorously giant ass hammer come out, you're like, oh, that's that's the answer. When- <laughs> It's like my brain asked the question, and then I was visually supplied with the answer all in like a yeah. split second. <laughs> you see a big mallet yeah. and a ritual. Yeah. You know it's a, a person's yeah. melon head getting popped. Like, yeah. So, it, But I didn't expect that it would be this like gleeful, blonde-headed man who was holding the hammer, and then he would just hand it off to the Let's woman. Let's take turns. And then they would do like one of maybe the centerpieces of gore in the yeah. movie. So this is why Mids- Midsommar... It's, we'll see. We'll see what the consensus is when, because <laughs> that is how the writer and director of this pronounced yeah. it. Yeah, Ari Aster said Midsommar. Yeah. yeah. Um, regardless, um, what makes what takes us to the next level for all these kind of cult films is that all cult films that we've ever gotten, to my knowledge or to my memory, they all culminate in like kind of one big single ritual scene. Even if you think to hereditary, it all is like, yeah. it all is leading. Yes. There's minor things that are happening, minor acts of violence and horror, but there's always kind of a big end ritual that it all was leading towards. That is the big kind of satisfying yes. end of the crescendo with Midsommar. It's a fucking festival of rituals. We get like yeah. four or five really jarring sequences that would themselves be the climax of any other film. Yeah. And we get them back to back to back. Yeah. That's, that's totally true. And I mean, like, they kind of, I, I certainly, this is just like hereditary. I need to like read a bunch of think pieces and watch it again. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to watch it again just for, just like with hereditary to try to yeah. look for more symbols and connect all of those yeah. kind of dots. There is, um, there's one, I was curious when it happened in the movie, I started reacting kind of audibly. Yeah. 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 When, when I, he opened the book and he was looking at some of the symbols. No, it was when they were eating the meat pies. Yeah. And it was after he found the, the pube in yeah. his meat pie. Did you notice that his cup, uh, like you could see all their drinks, they had this sort of orange juice looking drink and his cup was redder than the rest of them. Which ones? Um, the, it, Christian's. The, oh, Christian's cup. Yeah. Um, no, I did not Definitively notice Definitively like, and there, there, some girls behind me went, no, oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, from the thing in the beginning with the menstrual fluid and the, the potion. Yeah, yeah, the image, the it, image going down there. And it's like straight up, he throws that in. So I wanted, I kind of yeah. wanted to ask Ari Aster, I was like, in Hereditary, there's so many moments where you're looking at the house and it's actually miniatures or mm-hmm. there's ghosts hidden and stuff like that. I'm like, how frequently did you with like the use of filmmaking like trick us or hide easter eggs or things like that like i, I really wanted to know because mm. i saw one and i was like <gasps> yeah it, it doesn't even feel like an easter egg it feels more like just the well, pieces yeah. that he's putting it, in it, yes that's that how Ari most Oster people will it. get like even on the second or third view that's when they'll kind yeah. of put all that together but it was even clarified by the end the that oh yeah the pubes in the pie are part of mm-hmm. the love potion but also the menstrual blood in the cup like those are the two things that you make yeah to for someone to fall in love with you yeah we in s- horga that's the name of this commune Horga. Horga. Yeah. Let's say Holga like you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that first ritual of uh, like, oh, you turn 72, you're done. And I love how like just gleefully yeah. honest their friend from Horga is with them when they're like, what happens at 72? And he's like, yeah. No, that's exactly and, what they do. Yeah. And you can kind of like <laughs> laugh that off. It's like, of course, when you're old, you die. Yeah. But they're saying like, no, when you're 72, mm-hmm. you have a weird dinner and then you walk off a cliff. But I just, I love. That old man made such a bad choice with his dive <laughs> yeah upright what were you thinking you gotta go flat and he even missed the thing by like a few feet yeah come on dude c72 you have one shot of this 
but I mean, that was just such a great moment too, because it could be kind of a cliche, like that moment where um, uh, the straw breaks the camel's back, and you realize, yep. yes, this is an evil situation, and you're all fucked. And just yes, seeing and how all six of them responded, kind of to different levels, like across the spectrum. Yeah. But yeah, they all react so differently, and fucking christian like he doesn't even care that people are killing himself all his main focus is just this goddamn academic project it's almost like well that's kind of like half not because like at certain points it's like that there's another girl like he jumps up to go dance with them like because like he kind of gets the eye from one of them and the um the douchebag vaping kid like made a comment earlier about, about that how, other like, one. Yeah. About how, like, man, you've been deliberating about breaking up with her for years. Maybe you can find someone who will actually have sex with you. Like, you know? Yeah. So it seemed like he had he had desires outside of that that weren't necessarily, like, noble enough for him to, like, make the totally the decision. But he's, like, a piece of shit not only to he, his his girlfriend, but to, I don't, I forget the character's name, but the actor from, the Chidi from The Good Place. From, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Chidi. That's yeah, yeah. just like, easier. They're all here. Mostly because Chidi is doing his like large thesis. On, yeah. I think he's doing his PhD on it. Yeah. And um, Christian yeah. is just doing an MA thesis, and he just needs the smaller thing, and he, he just goes in and he, like scoops it up. He seems like lazy, path of least resistance, like yeah. confrontation totally, avoidance. Totally. And like when confrontation came up, he just kind of like turned off his emotions. Yeah. And that's what he did in a, his relationship, and that seems to be his coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just seemed incredibly lazy and opportunistic. But I mean, but I, like not not necessarily a point that I hated the guy. You know, I'm like that's a person. Yeah, some people are like that. No, totally. Yeah, and you almost like have somewhat of sympathy for him in that. Oh well, he is he is there when things are the absolute worst. Like when she is breaking down, he's oh, like, yeah, he knows. fuck it, I have to be there for her. Yeah. And like, look, her her family just died or whatever. Like, yeah. I guess she should come. Guys, along. I had to invite her to Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but know. it's for the wrong reasons. It's for like, the wrong reasons, and he kind of he he makes everyone the victim. You yeah, know? like he he's yeah yeah. I guess mm-hmm. a piece of shit who yeah. avoids like you know taking responsibility for mm-hmm. you know adult stuff. So, but like, it's so like. It's almost harmless if you're not in a midsummer Swedish murder ritual. It, like his shittiness is just like, yeah, you two are a little toxic. You should probably separate, and he should find be find someone he's more fulfilled by, mm-hmm. and you should you know find someone where you can be your honest self. Mm-hmm. But I guess in some relationships, you end up in Sweden in a ritual. Yeah, and it's just not in the cards. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how much um, the the sweet the actual swedish dude is drawn to uh dina is that her name uh danny danny thank you yeah how much she he's drawn to danny like he's drawing her well mm-hmm. he draws her when he gets there but gives her like remembers her birthday remembers her birthday like but even I, they, they have that moment of connection like in the living room before they even go to sweden you know what i mean yeah and he said he's saying like i'm very happy you're going yeah. and they credit him later for having brought the queen and having like clarity yeah you know so like or intuition, I think. Intuition, said, yeah. yeah. Being able to pick the right people for like, her. Yeah, he was able to see something that... I, I love that. Okay, so... That might Horga. be why he's, like, friends, like, with these people. It mm-hmm. was for her specifically. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Like, That's interesting. He, no one else lived. No one else was important to him. It, it seems like the people of Horga, they, they do send a few people out there to, like, bring back as many people as you can because they know they have to kill nine people, mm-hmm. right? And... And that see again with the nine, like I'm thinking back to that last moment we see Chidi alive when he's look he notices the meat pie and the blood and then he's looking at his book and there's like nine I think he's looking at nine symbols in a circle. And I'm wondering if like one of the symbols was the same one that the one person carved in the love token that put under her bed. Like if there's oh, some kind of connection there yeah, between 
I wonder if that was a bit of a we don't totally yeah. understand the, what happened there. And maybe that the other uh, like other versions of those symbols were on the landing pad, landing pad, <laughs> the landing pad where the two seventy-two year olds jumped off because that counted for for the nine deaths. We had the two right. old people. We had the four of them visiting. Yeah, and then two volunteers. Yes, and then the last one she got to choose between Jack or someone drawn by a Lotto. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a nice little twist yeah it's like shirley jackson's lottery but then ultimately the may queen gets to yeah. make the choice either shirley jackson's lottery or a flower queen will choose or was there a third person that stepped forward as well like in that final moment where the flower queen chooses or was it just either christian or the lotto winner i think it was christian or the lotto oh, yeah. there's just mm-hmm. like one more word spoken to like a third female i think but i don't know i can't i, I didn't grasp it yeah we will on a second viewing yeah, but uh, that was kind of interesting too because they didn't necessarily telegraph that from the beginning. I'm sure it was hinted at or will be supported oh, in the subsequent nine? viewings. Yeah, yeah, the totally. Nine, it, several things like that as we got big reveals about the thing. It wasn't in your typical horror like, ah, so are they related in some? Ah, so they are they from the same home? T- so no. that must mean that this came from the same originating. It, it not, wasn't like that. Yeah, it's just kind it's of not this condescending to the audience. It's not like yeah, it's, spoon feeding it every step of the way. It's this winding tale, but it's a kind of unique one because like Ari Aster put like did a tremendous amount of research. We learned from this Q and A and invented stuff to you know connect it and yeah. stitch it together, and you get this very unique ritual midsummer yeah. ritual you're right though we didn't get that full exposition about it until she's in her fucking baller ass met gala red carpet flower yeah gown with that she better epic wear that helmet. to the premiere <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be fucking if she gets nominated for an oscar and <laughs> she should wear yeah all those bring that bust that outfit back out but yeah we didn't get any of that until the final the final moment on the stage mm-hmm. where they're kind of presenting the thing but yeah Okay, so they, I like, I love too how before the ritual even starts, you know, they're going to have, and it is nine days, right? The festival is nine days. Yeah. So all, all those numbers that numerology does check out. Um, but I love how even before the nine days, they have in like a meadow that's kind of nearby, like we just like to kind of shroom out here for a little bit before yeah. we go do nine days of shrooming. <laughs> you got to kind of get through the field shrooming before you can go to the main shrooming location. Yeah. Where we're going to shroom you day and night. And it just it just felt like, first of all, visually so fantastic in terms of representing that experience. Yeah, that's very accurate to a good that dose wavy of shrooms. swirliness yeah. and like Everything the flower breathing. crown she was wearing, like yeah, almost like, like it was that. taking breaths. I or loved that, like, like an like iris weird. opening. Yeah, it had like an aperture. The, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. one flower on her crown. It was two actually, two uh, the same oh, yeah. flower that had like uh, I don't know, like a daisy looking thing that had a dark black middle. Yeah, it's not a daisy, um, but like those flowers that same flower on two different parts of the thing had the same sort of like pulsing i love it crater i, I love that i love because even when like for the entire last third of the movie just all you had to do was look up to the landscape and you'd see everything was still shifting like the yeah. people would remain um locked and mm-hmm. fine but all the background nature itself was constantly just yeah moving. And, and like melding with her body throughout the movie like the grass growing through her hand yeah and like fucking annihilation pain. yeah yeah very much like annihilation but due to drugs not yes. actual biological not space drugs <laughs> right not an alien infiltration uh, merging with all of creation but yeah. yeah i loved that i loved it on her hand mm-hmm. and then when she was looking down at her feet yeah it's just just interesting to throw in like mm-hmm. a trip and consistent like happened like 
three or four times between oh two I or think three characters. I think the whole last third of the movie the two of them Christian and yeah both of them were in that spot fucking they're tripping out the entire last third yeah. <laughs> like they are just completely out of control mm-hmm. and losing it even like I just I, I love it so much like when they're at that final big dinner table and you know the one girl's trying to lure Christian away and they're both just yeah. they're both just so swept up in it and it's they're completely out of control what like a moment. one is at the head of the table the other one's halfway down yeah. they're not even talking to be like hey this is weird isn't it they're just yeah. they're just in the flow of it all and they yeah. just have to ride where it takes them when at that he, point when he stumbled in at the end or when he she was the, at the head of the table wearing the flowers and stuff and he just is the only one not wearing the white robe yeah. and he just stumbles <laughs> in messed up on their crazy like shroom ayahuasca yeah. or whatever yeah. and he just like stumbles in with like crazy bags under his eyes and sweat and just sits down wide-eyed and says and he's nothing just, like, hunched over in like a, a tea and he's yeah he just kind of sits down he's like you are a queen of some kind now that's weird and i love i and love just, like, i love him fit. desperately like just leaning towards the old man next to me like hey uh what what's what's going on here and he just fucking like claps in his yeah. face and like the reverberations just yeah just mess him up and then yeah. the old man kind of just like laughs like fucking kids <laughs> all right we gotta talk about something let's hear it there was a sex scene in this movie i don't know if you remember it oh i remember well it was, it was <laughs> hilarious come on you had to have laughed at that like that's it's crazy well, but it's no, hilarious too. no that that gave me like flashbacks to all when of the you n- had sex last yeah to what sex is like for me <laughs> so i'm pushing your butt um, you said you wanted the support, man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's what I thought. Turns out, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I that gave me like um, flashbacks to like all of the like very frustrating conversations I've had with people who didn't agree with my opinion about Hereditary's ending. Mm-hmm. And there's just naked people suddenly, and that like throws you off. Uh, like, and when I saw that, I'm like, yes, this is weird, but this is a crazy sexual thing, and this guy is messed up on drugs. It didn't bring me multiple to drugs. They like give him yeah. the vitality yeah. smoke <laughs> before the, he enters. It's just a little black jar of but smoke. I thought about Hereditary at that moment too, because even like maybe this was just my mind associating the two, but it looked like there were some cast members that they pulled from the probably attic some back in naked Hereditary. cultists come back as naked cultists. Fly him out to hungry he's got a few naked cultist actors on retainer that'll just appear in all his movies and even those small one-room buildings um which yeah it's super impressive that he he built this whole set from scratch in two months that's what they said in, in the q a yeah, in a field yeah but also most of these buildings are very simple structures like yeah simple but like off kilter in terms of their design totally there's some weird triangular like or weird airframes yeah yeah overlapping each other but yeah even the the buildings themselves reminded me so much of the tree fort and hereditary like yeah totally right those wood panels and 100%, everything 100 yeah and uh there were a lot of just like shots that just couldn't exist in any other circumstance then you went to an amazing looking field in like potentially sweden but it's actually in hungary yeah. where they filmed yeah but this beautiful looking location with these weird not only weirdly shaped buildings but weird colored and that there's runes and symbols and weird flowery artwork and paintings yeah. all over like everything and because the they've been here for centuries and yeah centuries. and then Ari Aster and whoever did the cinematography put together these shots using the things that they've created plus the natural landscape mm-hmm. and the actors and there's just so much interesting framing and centering and i mean in some some circumstances incredibly symmetrical shots like one after the other after the other after the other especially when they first started doing the ritual mm-hmm. and they first sat down at that table for the first dinner they had oh yeah the table looks fantastic it looked amazing but that like that was like 
15 straight minutes of like pretty much symmetrical shots the whole time and, and like i loved every second like it's just it, so good to look at and even like even shots that i felt or shots that i feel are kind of cliche and overdone like the cam- a camera behind a car going down a road and then kind of lifting and flipping in front yeah it's like i feel like we've seen that so many times but it looked better than ever when he shot it. Like I agree. that shot was incredible. I with agree the camera flipped upside down. I and now we're traveling along the road upside down. Thank you for saying that. Cause I didn't want to say that. I'm like, I've seen this a million times, but I like this one the best and I don't know why I, it just looks gorgeous. I don't it, know what every, he did or how he did it, but even in the beginning, which doesn't like uh, the, the little prologue where her, her family dies, yeah. it's snowy and dark to contrast the summer and exactly. the light yeah. right, that's coming. Um, so you get this gray, these shots, these establishing shots. just the f- snowy forest for yeah. like a couple, like I felt like a minute. And there were like, yeah, there were shots of like a kind of m- like crystally mirror looking lake underneath like yeah. naked bare trees and like the gray scale of that, like got me. I'm like, look at it. I'm like, that is more gorgeous than mm-hmm. an establishing shot should be. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because like I'm all hyped up or something or if it's because it's actually yeah. something about the composition of some of these shots that might seem cliche or like I've seen this before, but this is special. Yeah. There's something that I can't find that cinematographer. A hundred percent. Cause dude. they're just the two of them together. Just made this thing look so, so gorgeous. I think that contrast is really important. The, of that first, you know, where, uh, Dina, da- uh, Danny, Danny, why can't, I can't remember it. Um, she con- looks a little bit like, uh, Amelia Clark. Uh, a little bit. Look at the side of her face. Uh, you know, I don't see it actually. You don't? I don't. With the eyebrow, like she definitely has like interesting eyebrows. She's got. You know who has same. interesting eyebrows? Is fucking. Who um, has interesting eyebrows? What's his face? Um, Will Pol- Poulter. He's got like that's how I could oh. recognize his fa- his skin mask when oh. it was grafted off and put on someone oh. else. I can I can just because his face is so triangular, like mm. it's just shaped a certain way. Well, look at his eyebrows next time. They like kind of start down here. They go on a bit of a roller coaster, and then they kind of end oh. up. Yeah. I don't know who's got real good eyebrows. Who? Uh, Eugene Levy. That's true. He's got some eyebrows of steel. Oh, yeah. Those things are just unstoppable. Absolutely. You can shave those with a gun. But, yeah, the contrast of, like, the snowy (laughs) trees in the first act just to show kind of, uh, you know, her trauma, this horrible thing that's happened to her with kind of the sunny comfort of the cult. And this is, like, it is saying a lot about religion and trauma as well that when sure. you when people are kind of in these deep traumatic states that is when they're most susceptible just like if someone's on a certain kind of drug that's when they're most susceptible yeah. to a community coming in and adopting them to beliefs um that yeah. they would maybe not normally be interested in but because it's under the guise of a community that is being very present and tending to your emotional needs immediately um can allow you to be in, come intoxicated and start to you know, participate in these rituals. And I think that is exactly what happens to Danny is yeah, but she is so yeah. broken that a mix of that and some of the drugs, she really genuinely starts to feel love from this cult. And totally. that is part of what kind of sweeps her along. Yeah. And it's like, it's slow and it's subtle and it seems mm-hmm. at a lot of moments, like there's almost additional evidence on the contrary, like more stuff to keep her like suspicious or like not accepting of what's happening to these people. Totally. Especially with that, like, inception moment of the old people jumping off the cliff yeah like it seems like there's no way to win this group back but like it ha- somehow it happens somehow and i mean that's such good horror as well when people are disappearing one by one and they seem to be okay with it they're distracted by other things yeah like he is distracted by 
I need to like get this is this is great fodder for my thesis. I can do so well here to the point where you know she's like, aren't you concerned about like those people dying? And he's not. He's just more interested in getting more questions. Yeah. And in fact, when yeah. when Chidi disappears, he like instantly just <laughs> yeah. his first reaction is like, um, if he stole the book, I have nothing to do with it whatsoever. I don't know where he is. Like, please do not lump yeah. me in with him. I that mean, we would be embarrassed to be associated yeah. with him in any way. I was it's, like, that's yeah. tough that you're going to steal his thesis idea and then hate on the guy like that. And I think it's his kind of thesis ambitions and her grief, um, which is allowing her to kind of open up to the empathy that this community is providing her. Those are the two things that make them way less concerned than characters would usually be in this movie yeah. about where the fuck are our friends? This isn't cool. Like, I don't believe these yeah. justifications. Like, they're too caught up in themselves and their own. Yeah, like when, when that like British couple got separated, like because the the dude got yeah. killed, yeah. and the girl's just like, "What do you mean he's gone? He oh would tell me this is what you're saying is not like she knew, yeah. but like sh- there's nothing she could do about it at that moment. Like not enough had happened in yes. the movie, yeah. for us to be like react even stronger. And then when you hear her off screaming, yeah. and you see a couple characters react, but then no one really follows up on it, and everyone's like, "Oh, she went to the bus station too." Like that's that was genuinely chilling as well. Yeah. I think I can answer yeah. that. Like, Do, okay, <laughs> how about the first guy that goes missing and what they did with his body? Because that made yeah. Jack look like a yeah, an about. amateur. <laughs> yeah, how's the Jack built? Yeah, that was um, the sort of flower eyes, lungs. He was breathing still. Yeah, he was. His, his lungs, lungs were, were outside his of his back. Yeah, and, which is also reminds me of the TV show Hannibal. Hannibal does some cool stuff like that as well. I think I mentioned that when we were talking yeah. about how's the Jack built because. Um, yeah, everything in House of the Jack built, Hannibal did, like, next level in terms of, like, arranging bodies. To me, yeah. Um, so this was very much like that, too. But never with the person still alive. It was like a combo, like, House of Jack, that Jack built and the ritual, like, the weird mm-hmm. arts and crafts that the those cultists do that they yeah. have upstairs that get burned. It's, it's like this weird combination of, like, alive and plants and sticks. The chicken coop that the cultists from the ritual built. Yes. <laughs> There's a movie because he's he's hanging, he's suspended, and the lungs are out his back breathing. Chickens yeah. are just kind of hopping around, and that's I, I just gotta say uh, for a quick little Dave's game corner. Oh, uh, I think we are. Did we play it once this up? We might have. Um, Can I do no, it? No, that was in the last one. Okay, I want to play a game. Yeah, Dave's in the corner playing games. <laughs> want to play a game? So, um, I don't know if you remember this, but you did play the first Dead Space. I did. And uh, in the hydroponics area. I do remember the one video game I played in the last three years. <laughs> yeah. In the hydroponics area where you got to go through and clean the air. Yeah. There are necromorphs, which are people who are collapsed on the ground, like in a kneeling position, and all their skin is like fused together so they can't move. Mm-hmm. And out of their backs, their lungs have expanded into these big, like, balloons that are breathing almost identical to. Oh shit! The presentation. You no, I don't remember them. that at all. But man, that's amazing because I, I thought that this was the first place that I've seen do something like that. But. Yeah, technically it wasn't. It was Dead Space. How about that? Because you did complete it, so you must have gone <laughs> in and stomp killed those. There's three of them. I remember that level being just terrified and just running through and killing yeah. things as quickly as I could. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible <laughs> place. But so okay, yeah, that's, that's what they that do. With, that's what of. they do with the first dude. They string him up for who knows what fucking reason because they end up just killing him after. Maybe they want to keep them alive longer? I, I have to imagine there's so much to the ritual and to the very small things that they do to people who have done bad stuff. Like, maybe you fill a guy with straw because he pisses on your ancestors. Maybe that's what you do to him. Maybe you make a flower horrible, like, balloon man, 
out of somebody who like swears or makes a big scene at, at a certain like maybe those are punitive actions maybe that's necessary maybe there's mm-hmm. nine roles that each of these little but i love bodies I love, need to be i do love that he he doesn't give us that information like i don't yeah i don't need that. it you know love i need it. some mystery and that's i wonder issue i have with some other big movies that have come yeah. up this year is maybe too much exposition when oh, more dude. mystery would help out yeah or just <laughs> do if you do a long movie like use the time that you have to tell the story with the acting you know yeah or just yeah i just like things left to the imagination so i did i did like that this was left to the imagination but i do want to talk out with you what happened to all six of their bodies because that was the first one that disappeared was in the chicken coop lungs out the back and then technically his girlfriend but was the second one the no the first time we see her is when she's being wheelbarrowed and she's hollowed out at that point like she looks flimsy yeah because i think they use their innards for meat pies it's very possible that that's what they were doing but th- there's that's what lot. I thought right away when they said meat pies. I'm like, it's fucking, it's fucking. Oh, them. they're, yeah, they're I eating s- them. I started like saying the Sweeney Todd worst pies in London. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> in my head, worst pie, yeah. worst pies but in like, Horga. That's kind of what my brain did, but I don't feel like there was a lot of evidence for that. No, there wasn't any other hint of and cannibalism. She also put her pubes in there. Why did they mess with them twice? Like we're cannibals and well, love uh, cannibals. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we're. I mean, yeah. we're cannibals, but um, we're also, you know very into spells and i can this is an additional love spell by me throwing my pubes into your massacred other friend yeah but the only other, the only other <laughs> so clue we have barky. is what happened to their innards because the like both her and will poulter and chidi are all like hollowed out mm. to the point where one of them was using them as like a skin mask well yeah one uh one thing we see i know it's not exactly the same but the the queen buries a bunch of grain and a big Slab loin of, of meat, meat yeah. in order to bless that the next seasons whatever or to get her out of the way so that her boyfriend could bang a room full of women or whatever he did yeah you think they would um, be like oh and one more refrain of the dance yeah. you know because they she came a little too early from that yeah that second dance party which is a cool down to the main dance party and then like in that weird moment of her like reacting and screaming and going through her like her panic attack but with all the girls following her seeming very like very supportive and connected to her and, i thought like, that was kind of beautiful like that was i a, agree that was a true moment of empathy in a really unconventional way like in when you hear of um like those kind of funerals that some cultures have where everyone just kind of wails together to mourn i felt like this was a version of that where they were matching first her breathing and then matching her screaming as a way to calm her down and it worked and she loved it but like every one of their faces they were all like tortured like i think they were experiencing it like they Mm -hmm. were all and and then it also started to match like the rhythm of like the sex scene that was happening at the same time yeah i know so like it's all like i think it's all part of it like all those little things that they do breathing something to do mechanism absolutely yeah Yeah, the whole this whole idea of kind of nature we're all one they keep um hinting back to it like as a return you know dying and then being reborn immediately they name you after the one that just died yeah and i I like the thought of that like as somebody just like who fully accepts the the cult is right yeah and to go like that is awesome you live like in these like four chunks that represent the season and then you like thumbs up and jump off the cliff and then you're dead oh dude and then you're a baby again i'm I'm that's awesome i'm honestly into it like loved that and i felt the same way after watching wicker man i'm like i kind of like this cult like (laughs) i kind of would join this cult and especially uh, in Wicker Man, it's like a much more explicit contrast between paganism and Christianity, yeah. like the impetus of the impotence of Christianity in the face <laughs> of nature or nature worship. And I, 
I assumed that that's why this main character dude's name was Christian. That Christian would come in and kind of that's a little nod to yeah. Christianity being defeated by a, a nature pagan worshiping. My brain would never have made that connection in a trillion years. Yeah, like, it, might, it might just a be a subtle. Name. It might just be a subtle thing. That doesn't seem like Ari Aster's way. No, you're right. If, if you said like, "Hey, did you name him Christian because of like the connotations of like Christianity and how it would affect these certain like different uh, cultures?" Yeah, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> no, like he it, just wouldn't answer for five way. minutes, and then he go, yeah, hmm, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. And then he'd say, oh, I would I, say yes. Well, I hate answering these questions because I don't want to be on the. Re- I get it. I would be the same way if I was interviewed, like, because yeah. shit happens, like he said today, where you had a few drinks and then you give like a silly joke answer, and like I think it's the Wizard of Oz for perverts, and then yeah. it becomes, you know, associated with the movie yeah. forever. <laughs> and if it was me, it would just mm. be some like Fuck you, Dad. That being said, Wizard of Oz for Perverts is pretty great. This is Dorothy, you know, not in Kansas anymore, losing complete control, yep. pulling back the curtain. Yeah, and then and then you think too about like her her group of friends that she goes with then are, are kind of like her com- like her compatriots yeah, yeah, from yeah. Wizard of Oz. And what do each of them need? Well, to a lot of them need their the character. rest of their body and not just their skin. One dude needs the lungs back inside. If you were of to them. go more in a metaphorical way, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want to do that. But um. <laughs> the three of them get hollowed out. Nah. <laughs> three of them get hollowed out, and then the fourth one just gets thrown thrown in the bear afterwards. The bear got hollowed out, and he got put in the bear. Yes, yeah. But he remained intact inside the bear. Yeah. 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 Um, and, I mean, that bear, we saw the bear first back in her home before they even left for Sweden, there, mm-hmm. where she's in front of a giant mural of, like, a little girl with a giant bear. Yeah. So that's the first thing of, like, oh, yeah, this is that's her boyfriend. You yep. know, this crushing her indirectly. Yeah, it starts. I, I kind of just want to see the very beginning of the movie again mm-hmm. so I can start making sense of some yeah. of the cards because I didn't even know what to remember. I'm like, all right, right so there's at one point, at, oh, the, man, the, you can see the family strangled in the beginning part two. Um, they're one of the images in that like comic booky progression is like a father, a mother, and a daughter mm-hmm. strangled by like vines or something oh yeah yeah oh like an oh that opening shot of the barn yeah. doors that slide yeah, yeah, open, yeah, yeah. which by the way is so cool too that oh. like effect of them that was in the sound there yeah so like, little but at first i was like was that good or was yeah. that silly and when she's tripping out she good. sees her mom at one point like her yeah, mom, her mom her. was like That's in great. the in the crowd of like when she was like all getting i don't know there yeah. was some commotion or something and she saw like mom yeah. She just had to like move past mm-hmm. that, but even in terms of things that they l- like leave out of the movie that are such great choices and make for such uh, compelling drama, is that she chose Christian to die in the end. Like she picked him to die over like a complete stranger. Yeah, and that's where she is at mentally. And then she in has this a, community, this sort of like smile at the end. Like mm-hmm. she, when they burn, she has her freak out, mm-hmm. but then she like stops trying to run away from it. She turns and she looks at it and she smiles like I'm home. Yeah. She embraces it. Yeah. It's great. Without, you know, saying that expressly, but like the, the, without it ever getting dark and what you might describe a typical horror movie as it kind of like this group of people just got eviscerated one by one. Mm-hmm. And then there was this big climactic, disgusting, you know, end ritual and you just saw with this beautiful music and in this beautiful, beautiful building with yeah. all this artwork on the walls and this crazy yellow color triangular, uh, and the hay on the ground is like is like set up in like the the runic symbols too. Yeah, as they walk in, like it just uh, everyone is placed like in kind of perfectly yeah, distributed like, areas. 
so much about how like the set is dressed like makes it as symmetrical as i was saying Mm -hmm. it is and also just as like jam-packed with things to look at and like i i believe this cult and that they believe what they're doing totally you know what i mean dude that's a good point like so many so many cults or whatever no because and i think how they do that in this movie is a lot of movies you know cults are sacrificing someone else that's external to them but here you have demonstrations of first of all people at 72 willingly dying and everyone being okay with it feeling joy feeling joy in it and everyone celebrating that but then also at the end two people step up and volunteer like two kind of middle-aged people are like yeah. this needs to be done and the, they're, they're smiling and they're like we're, we're doing it because we believe in this it was the, the what guy, a joy to die for something that we truly believe in the guy who brought them the main group of characters it was his brother was one of the people who um, yeah. volunteered yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like what? isn't he young he was in the young group mushroom field I know <laughs> but that's that's how much um, that they believe it and yeah. they buy into it and that is but they're like, willing to die for it themselves that is what the audience needs to see for a cult to be believable is that the they cultists themselves, themselves will lie, lay their lives down yeah but not just in like their nuts is like mm-hmm. no I'd spend some time with them you'll probably agree <laughs> and that main character kind of does yeah oh, loved it I loved it, I really enjoyed it yeah. I think that was a uh, pretty good film. Yep. I I can't wait to rewatch it. Yeah, I think there'll be... It might be one of those things where there are subsequent conversations about this movie for the next couple episodes. Oh, I can't wait to have those conversations. Yeah. I'm sure there are big things that we've forgotten to talk about, but... Yeah. Oh, one thing I regret about this movie is not grabbing those flower crowns that they were handing out on the yeah, way in. Yeah, I wanted swag. We got a little too early, because usually for advanced screenings, um, you kind of got to get there quick to get a good spot, but... We this were one too quick. We were a little too quick, I guess. I mean, and we I, missed them handing out flower crowns. Uh, but I was in like, I'm always just so annoyed in the seat that I'm in every time we go to the theater, and I was comfortable, happy the whole time. It's great. Yeah, we had great seats. It was no fantastic. Regrets. People were relatively respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, the person doing the interview with the director didn't spoil the movie immediately before we watched it, which was nice. <laughs> Um, um, it, yeah, I, there were a couple chatter, a chatty, chatty Cathy's, and I, I, I think they were the influencers. They might have been. And I, was, I looked back. I'm pretty sure they were the influencers. I was giving them shit with my face. So I there, was so <laughs> mad. There was like one main list that, you know, all the rest of the press people were on. But there, there was a special list of just influencers that they invited. And this list, this attendance list of 10 people had just their first name, last name, and their follower amount on the sheet. So as they signed in, they would know, oh, this person has, you know, 300 thousand followers so yeah, don't spit in their face so i saw two of those people kind of sign in and then go have the flower crowns do like a huge photo shoot out here in the lobby and those are the ones who sat behind you and they were chattier than anyone else yeah and yeah. they got some looks that they don't care about for it yeah but that's the kind of crowd that you get usually when you go see a horror movie these days especially on opening weekend yeah i'm people talk through the whole fucking thing now. feeling like an old man who can't go out with the youths to see new movies anymore because it is like disruptive to the point of like ruining I the effect of the movie yeah i can't help the fact that i'm thinking about like how can you be talking how can you do that but I'm, my uh, brain gets stuck and that's why i just have to find a way to get into all these advances because that's the only <laughs> way to have a slightly better audience seriously because what a life I, you set yourself up for <laughs> i can't wait till tuesday like i need to i'm sure other horror yeah. fans feel this way too i just need to like see it as soon as i possibly can which means there are usually s- dealing with a shitty audience there are some movies that mm-hmm. i need to immediately yeah and other ones i'm like i don't think i'll die if i get spoiled or whatever here here was an interesting surprise about the movie is because again saw we both saw very few images of it but yeah. that the one disfigured character was like nothing in the movie <laughs> like they put that so heavily 
in at least the images that I've seen online about oh, the yeah. movie, and it, it was just the most minor character. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that was by design because you you complained a little bit about um, the the advertising for Hereditary with the burning body. Yeah. I hope it was by design. I love that. I'm here for that shit. If you're just going to give misleading images everywhere. Well, I I mean, that's, yeah, I felt that way. But again, it might be because I didn't pursue information, but like, I didn't feel like assailed by it. And I felt like there was hype, but come on. We literally today, I don't know about you, Scaredy Cats, and I'm sure this won't be in the episode, but we literally watched Leprechaun 3 and double featured that with Midsummer. Yeah. That's asinine, Chris. That's what we call letterbox whiplash. (laughs) I like that term. <laughs> I came up with it when I watched um, a movie called Little Italy, which was filmed in Little Italy, Toronto. Do you yeah, know this we've, one? We've talked about this. Oh, we have? It's like the <laughs> Mystic Pizza sequel. Yes. Well, lo- loosely. Loosely I I can't with even Hayden really Christensen. And yeah, and yeah, Emma, yeah. Emma Roberts. Yeah. Um, I watched that back to back with an, a movie I ended up loving called Death by Hanging. So it was a half-star review <laughs> to a five-star review. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... Uh, I mean, it's not far from what happened today, but... Yeah. That was It was mid-summer. quite a contrast. Oh jeez, was quite it a ever. contrast. None of that will be in the episode anyway. The worst is when I'm like I like I'm so excited to make a point and then you say something and I get like excited and lost about that. I'm like, what the fuck was I gonna say again? Yeah. And I have to like and then sometimes I, I'll get it other times. I, I think won't. it's worse when I remember what I wanna say, but then I'm like I have to wall off what Chris is saying right now or I'm gonna lose this. Yeah. So then you're like <laughs> I know, I know. And then it <laughs> makes it so hard. Yeah, and I'm just like, There was a sex scene, there was a sex scene. <laughs> like charlie brown style oh yeah so i mean like that empathy has it's um like a really powerful moment when they're kind of weeping with her but the parallel is all those other women sexually moaning with yeah (laughs) and And, i mean like that's that is one part where i just burst out laughing so hard is when the one woman came down and started singing at the two of them while they were and his his reactions to that were funny admittedly but i he he nailed that totally i was kind of like thinking like Ari, why did you put that in? <laughs> like, it was funny, but, like, I wanted to just, like, this is messed up. And then there's just, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, all right, I'm just going to have sex with this person because I am compelled to do so aggressively. And then just someone slowly, like, puts their face down to your face and starts scream <laughs> singing. <laughs> I mean, it was a very successful Midsommar for Horga. I mean, they got they got some fresh, yeah. fresh seed in the mix, mm-hmm. right? They got Bear Baby. They got to burn a yellow house. They I did. I did love the reveal of the bear at the beginning. When like, so no one's going to mention the bear. Yeah, they just and he said that before. Like we saw the bear. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, no one's going to say anything about this bear. And Pan then to reveal a bear. It pans. There's just a bear in a like circus-looking cage. And Hilarious. Then they just move past it, and nobody does say anything about it. Yeah. And it's good that they don't because then later, they're gutting the bear, uh, and you're like, <gasps> he is just a master of that of kind yeah. of introducing something without like shoving it in your face or mm-hmm. even like the usual movie conventions of like and then we zoom in on the bear and we don't there's, know why there's no other movie where i'm gonna see that bear and forget about it for one second yeah because he's not he's not like you know using the camera to like shove it in your face and be like this is important remember this for later which so many yeah horror movies do even like really good ones tend to like it's a temptation it's like oh well yeah. this is significant so i have to show it but ari aster's like no if it's in the frame that's good enough yeah they my saw audience it. is smart they'll figure it out yeah yeah uh, i don't need to play sinister music i can just have a bear in a cage yeah. and and the thing is too like um i was actually thinking about that like there were big sinister music reveals but it was like 
when they're in the plane, the camera like zooms like slowly towards the window and then the music like builds ominously over this like swampy looking land. Yeah. And then the camera goes past the threshold of the window and starts shaking crazily like it's actually on the outside of a plane. Yeah. That was, that a, was a weird, really, weird little moment. Yeah. And, and for me, like that's, it feels kind of like the witch and kind of like hereditary where it's just like you see something and you know that like, this isn't necessarily scary right now, but the gravity of the thing is represented by the mm-hmm. music. Bah! And yeah. it's just like a tree, you know? And you're like, but it's going to be bad later or something. <laughs> yeah. So it was like these establishing shots would sort of take the bullet of those dumb musical, you know, like took cues yeah. and it didn't take you out of the movie because that is such, I think that's such a great observation because you still feel like you need to, in your musical palette for the score, have those kind of tense moments, yeah. but instead of actually using them to kind of, you know, foreshadow heavily, yeah. you're just showing innocuous landscape establishment and then move on to the actual content. Yeah, make that's it, great. Making people, you're establishing where you're going mm-hmm. and you're kind of giving this... still keeping the mood there. Yeah, the mood making it scary yeah. where they're going. I think I think Ari Aster is one of the oh my god, dude. Mo- most brilliant visionaries for putting something on and screen. And what a privilege to be able to see his movies, um, yeah. you know, as they're coming out to, and to know that like, oh, we've got like, you know, 40, 50 more years of Ari Aster films. Yeah. And uh, he, um, he was saying, I'm, I'm not sure how pro this will be super proliferated in interviews now, but like he was mm-hmm. saying about how, um, uh, he was done with horror movies for a little while because he's got a whole bunch of scripts written, but Ready they're to go. not horror. Yes. And kind of the two that he had were these two. Yeah. He said like, and um, he knew that he could get a horror movie made, that it would be easier yeah. to find studios yeah. that would invest in him a no name. And now that he has a name, he can do these other projects that he wants to do yeah, as well. Like the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you look at all Ari of Aster's <laughs> Star Wars, oh my God. When Hereditary came out, part of getting hyped and excited for that, I watched all of his short films that he did, which are all available online. You right. can see them. I think I talked a bit about them for, yeah, you maybe did. for Hereditary. Yeah. I don't remember when. But uh, yeah, all, a lot of those you wouldn't necessarily classify as horror, but definitely, like you said today, genre and mm. and definitely fucked up in their own ways so i yeah. do think that he's not just going to make like a family christmas movie i think he's still going to make very interesting movies he's going to make the newest transformers <laughs> i promise you <laughs> i i think that there are going to be um really interesting films regardless i agree i i love the way he tells a story more mm. than i love the way he scares me yeah you know because this one um i would say is tremendously less scary than hereditary mm-hmm. yeah. i didn't find it really scary almost at all like some moments where I was greatly surprised, you know, and somewhat I think disturbed. You're right. I, I mean, it was still very tense the whole way through and exciting. And I, I was cared. locked into it. Yeah. yeah. I cared about the characters, but I didn't necessarily. It was anxiety fear. inducing, but it wasn't. Yeah. And maybe that was the effect of light, like being sunny and being maybe. outside. Maybe it, it felt like being in a strange land. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt like the way it would feel when the sun doesn't go down. It feels like disorienting yeah. and not necessarily terrifying. I was but definitely that's there. Yeah, I was definitely concerned. Yeah, <laughs> um, but nowhere near as scared as and, and in, in theory, I feel like if, if again, if you were around a campfire and you told like said some of the sequences out loud, like they would be pretty disturbing and terrifying, and like the concept, like they do what <laughs> is, you know, at, after two hours and twenty minutes of that, like there's a lot to feel disturbed and weird about, but like yeah. it doesn't, 
Oh, it's definitely disturbing, this movie. Disturbing, for sure. But so is Hereditary. But it doesn't have, like, that sort of, like, there's a creepy thing oh, about to get Yeah, somewhere. you don't have something, like, um, crawling across the ceiling or, like, someone in the corner of the room just standing there. Yeah. Like, there's none of, there's not really any yeah, of that. You don't, e- you don't even really scan, no. like, the corners to try to find hidden secrets. You are actually looking at details. I think, I think this will traumatize yeah. less people, for sure. Yes. No. Um, but, yeah, uh, run don't walk to see this movie it's it's fantastic i don't want to overhype it too much for yeah. you listeners but if I, you, and you've obviously seen it if you're listening this <laughs> far in the app please <laughs> please have seen it if you're still listening but please leave a comment on our instagram post um tell us what you thought about the movie and we'll we'll bring you into the discussion for our future episodes absolutely and while you're at it feel free to find us on any of the other socials where text chris dave saw um letterbox.com slash dave saw letterbox.com slash chris vandenberg i'm right. really pushing that this year okay, by all means do it and i will try to actually fill out my letterbox does <laughs> um, you'll, you'll get there and again while you're at it if you could leave a review on itunes um i'm rating on itunes those are incredibly helpful to us and we would love to continue doing this all the time mm-hmm. um so now that we're back please uh, let us know if you're enjoying the show throw us some stars please. and shout out to those people i think we got two one star reviews hell yeah What's yeah. up? What's up, guys? Yeah, we've been we were in that since day one, but we finally got them. <laughs> one of them was just because they hated the fact that we didn't like Return of the Living Dead. That's a great reason. I, I'm so happy. We asked for that I, for so long. <laughs> I I feel like there was a solid like few months where I just like one starred every person I met who didn't like the ritual. Like <laughs> every cur- <laughs> scaredy cat, every scaredy cat Wait. who had like a differing opinion. I'm like, you're worthless to me. One just one star in their personality in yeah. your brain, like you are a one star. Writing person. them off. Okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> so you've got this database of people, and they've got ranging stars. You got it. I like that. I can't wait to one day award a, a five star. Oh, yeah. hasn't happened yet. No. Stay Even tuned. Even a four everyone. star would be exciting. <laughs> Only three and a half stars. Sorry. Only three and a half. So David I've Bruckner is still just a three and a half star. I've never heard of brain. that number, but I mean, a lot of twos go out. <laughs> well, scaredy cats, that was a good one. Yes, it was. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I'm Chris Vandenberg. And I'm David Stonebreath. And as always. Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. She'll burn you in a bear suit, chaos reigns. So don't cheat on her. Yeah, she'll burn you on. That's no fun. See you next week. See ya.